Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about an old book. Oh, yes. The last episode was also an old book. Do you remember what that episode was? Uh, no. The Naked Sun by Isaac Asimov. Oh, it feels yes, like a course. really old book. It was 66 <laughs> years old. It was released in 1957. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm always thinking like, oh, but that's not, you know, that's not old science fiction. You know, really old science fiction is uh, like, say, The War of the Worlds, some, uh, some H.G. Wells. Yes. War of the World came out 60 years before The Naked Sun. Holy. So if you think about what science fiction was in uh, uh, 1897, like when The War of the Worlds came out, <laughs> yeah. and then what it was like in 1960s, and then what it was like, you know, 60 years later or 66 years later up until 2023, you know, you can really see these different eras. Yes, absolutely. But before all of that, 33 years before the War of the Worlds. There's even older science even fiction. Even older, maybe science, oh, science fiction. fiction. Maybe That's you the question. It, yeah, maybe uh-huh. you want to call it science fiction. I don't think it's... Well, yes, it is science fiction uh, uh, of the time because science fiction really didn't exist yet. And people say, oh, what's the first ever science fiction story? And people go, Jules Verne. Oh, before then there was this. You got a bit of Frankenstein there. Yeah. You've got, you know, and then these other ones where you're, oh, yeah, this is a Greek story about someone going through time. It's like, but it wasn't science fiction. It was more of a, you know, just because time travel exists, it doesn't mean it's science fiction <laughs> yeah. time travel. It's possible yeah. to have time travel in a fantasy world, you know. Yes, yes. Um, With gods. But this is, whatever. you know, this this journey to the center of the earth by Jules Verne is, I would say, you know, it's, it's on that transition of what the, what were the genres of, of, of uh, literature at the time? You know, you got some mm. what we call the romances or the, yeah. uh, you know, the, the story of the life of a, of a person. Is it yes. the Buildings Roman or whatever it is? The, yeah. Uh, uh, and then you're like, oh, and then you got adventure stories. So people are going adventuring and going off to war. And a lot of these are told in like, oh, here's a journal of someone who went on this crazy adventure. Because people would go on trips around the world and then they would write their memoirs about it. And then you got like fictionalized versions of those. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think one of those one of those important things to know is also like the books from at the time you know you must know that people didn't have any sort of visual like they didn't have tv or yeah. movies or something yeah. so everything in these books is described like really it must be described very well yeah. because that's like how people uh, yeah and people didn't stuff. travel so the, yes. all of these travel adventures were yeah. like all oh, right i'm never leaving you know paris or whatever it is yeah and so you could actually maybe paris is a bad example because they yeah. would have they would have uh, like different art there and you could actually go and look at pictures of things yes but even just pictures of things wasn't yes. always available yeah um so uh, anyway yeah these books were adventure stories and they were to you know expose people to different parts of the world and that was a big part of their appeal yes and uh, jules verne is like okay well we can you know we can do these travel books around the world or whatever but how about if we go under the sea or in this case under the underground under the world haha um so yeah uh this book starts off journeys to the center of the earth published like i say uh, 1864 now i did notice let me bring up the wikipedia page here as well um there was uh, some different versions of this it says the uh, 1867 revised edition inserted additional prehistoric material for like an extra three chapters 57 sorry 37 to 39 um some extra chapters in there with yes. more prehistoric stuff and um yeah it actually says here uh uh, in, on this is the Wikipedia page, so this must be true because it's on Wikipedia. <laughs> However, this novel's distinction lay... Oh, sorry. The category of subterranean fiction existed well before Verne. However, the, the, his novel's distinction lay in its well-researched Victorian science and its inventive contribution to the science fiction subgenre of time travel. Verne's innovation was the concept of a prehistoric realm still existing in the present day world. And, uh, you know, this has uh, uh, inspired many other people um, with uh, Conan Doyle, Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World, Ed- Edgar Rice Burroughs. I think I've reviewed the Edgar Rice Burroughs yes, one I where they go to yeah. whatever that place as well. Um, you know, and so, and it also says J.R.R. Tolkien in The Hobbit with the yes. underground, underground fiction, yes. uh, underground travels and stuff. I think there's there's some th- certain aspects of of Jules book that yeah. need to be addressed, and I think it's a good po- point that we can do that. Okay. So you read the book in English. Yeah, right? I read a translation. <laughs> yes. So the original book, of course, is in French, right? right? Yeah. And and so um, 
it is like one of those things that when I read, uh, which book was it when I read a German translation and it turned out, oh, there was just parts missing and yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah. know. It was abridged, yeah. Yes. And and so the same thing happened with these books. So they were published in French as a uh, like a continuous series, the Journée Extraordinaire. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, and then people just translated it. And at the time, the editors felt like the freedom of just adding things, adding characters, yeah. adding, yeah, whole yeah. chapters. Yeah, she says here in publication notes, the novel's first English edition translated by unknown whoever yeah. nobody really knows because that yeah. was the way publishing worked yeah. back then as well yeah. you just put out a book and stuff it says it was drastically rewritten of the version adds chapter titles when Vern gave none mm-hmm. uh, and changes the professor's surname to Hardwig Axel's name to Harry mm-hmm. and Grauben's name to Gretchen in yeah. addition many paragraphs and details are completely recomposed yeah. and its text as a whole has been excoriated by scholars as one of the poorest extant Vern translations yeah. that's not the version that I was listening to I was to. thinking so but, but still like when you get a book yeah and it's a translation yeah and you're not able to speak the original language yep you have to trust that that what you get is uh is the is, real thing is a good translation yeah. yeah and with these books that's just that wasn't the case and uh, it has some other background why that was like that as well which i i thought was quite a, a rabbit hole to go down to reading about it did you go down that rabbit hole i i did yeah. uh, but it's uh, it's been a while now and so um uh, i the <laughs> yeah the conversation they're having was sort of like oh yeah jules verne is for children it's like yeah it's for children in, in english it's for children and then it became children's story literature stuff yes Um, because you know it was like originated in some people not liking him or his books and then just slowly or not not even slowly just directing it towards children's book material yeah and it is really difficult to, to get out of that corner because there's a generation who will read this as children's books and then they have certain you know memories and yeah. nostalgia for it and then they give it their children and then it becomes so ingrained that yeah. this is a, a children's adventure topic that then it is really difficult to get out of this and um you know step back into oh adults can read this as well and yeah. uh, not get an abridged or changed version and get, but read the original yeah but but let me say i didn't read the original I read, actually, I didn't even read it. It was read to me. Um, Let me just say there's the, it's called Journey to the Centre of the Earth, a signature performance by Tim Curry. Tim Curry, you know, well-known actor. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it's said that he's he was a narrator uh, of the customer favorite, A Christmas Carol, and he returns for an encore performance where he delivers a ray. And you know what? It's really good. Is he's, it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's huh. overacted. But here's the thing: there is no way to not overact. Uh, like to to be overacted, like to overperform this. Yes, you yes. know it has to be there because otherwise right. there's there's nothing else to there's there's nothing else here to to latch onto yeah. except for a really fun reading. Yeah, and um, is the language also like a really old language? No, no, it's it's it. Oh, here's the thing. What's annoying is that they use leagues as a uh, as a a term of measurement. Right. Um, yes. So, as in like kilometers? No, as no. in leagues. They don't use kilometers. Okay. They don't use miles. Yeah. Or they do use miles sometimes, but they say how many leagues are you? Okay. How how far is a league? Tell me. So I, if you've if you've travelled thirty leagues, how far have you travelled? I've never heard of leagues. No, before. exactly. And that's the, that's the one of the worst things. Sort of like if you're doing a translation, I don't actually want all the language to be updated, and the language that's being used is, is perfectly readable English. It's yeah. ter- I mean, it's perfectly understandable English. Yeah. It's all fine, except for like modern measurements. Is really it's really really annoying like so if if something was written you know i've had this issue when people you come up with science fictional measurements i'm mm. like you've like in the future they're not going to be speaking english they're going to be speaking you know neo whatever whatever something, language you yeah. know but you you and you translate that into english so as modern day humans can understand it yeah also don't use the weird time stuff you know there's yeah. a verna vinger uses megaseconds i'm like ah oh, every time he, he states a thing like if it's more than a hundred seconds or maybe a thousand seconds but even then i'm like oh actually suddenly i don't know what a, i don't know what a thousand seconds is mm. you know yeah. there's why science fictional measurements are fine and in this case not science fictional but like legacy archaic measurements what's yeah. a league like i know what a knot is like a nautical mile is yeah. because we use like i work on ships all the time and it's always like we're traveling at this many knots i'm like okay that's you know around about this speed and around about that i know what a nautical mile is but leagues i just don't know anymore one second hey siri how many leagues are in a kilometer 
now I don't even know if that's the right way around. Maybe I should be saying how many kilometers in a league. Um, a league is uh, a league is uh, three nautical miles. Okay. okay. Oh, I've never known that. So yeah, a league is uh, like five point five kilometers. So a league also comes from nautical terms. Yeah. Well, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so in in the Jules Verne, forty uh, thousand is it forty thousand leagues under the sea? Mm. That's not how many deep. That's not how deep they are. That's how far they traveled while underwater. Right. You know. So, That's funny because in the German translation, I think it's uh, called 20.000 Meilen unter der. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it makes sense because my, people know what miles are. But like now if you say leagues, most people know what leagues are. I've only heard about leagues because of a Jules Verne novel, you know. Yes. That's it. I've never heard of this before. Oh, there's not a German Wikipedia page uh, of the wait book. Wait a second. Let's uh, oh, yeah. 20.000 Meilen unter dem Meer. So oh, 20.000. I'd say 40.000. Yeah. So 20.000 so leagues German, under the sea. They translated... The French original word into like, yeah. into the league in English and into Mayan in German. Anyway, let's move on from that. Right. So, okay. here's the thing. I mean, I made quite a few notes here as I was going through. Mm. The pacing of this book is all over the place. Okay. I actually really enjoyed the start of it where the professor... Oh, let me just go back to the Wikipedia page because it has the characters. It has a character list here as well. Oh, where is it here? Plot, main characters. Professor Otto Lindenbrock. He's from Hamburg. Right. Uh, and he <laughs> finds a, um, a, a scrap of a parchment or something like that. Yeah. So, oh, this bit of a book. And this thing fell out. It's like a geology text or an alchemy text or something. And someone's like, oh, if you go to this crater in Iceland of this mountain and go down there, you'll, there's a passageway that leads you to the center of the earth. Ooh. And he's like, let's go. And he puts together, and he takes along his his uh, his nephew, which is Axel Lindenbrock, and um, <laughs> and they're both geologists. Okay. And uh, and then there's like two other characters uh, who mean anything. There's Grauben, his um, who's the goddaughter of Professor Professor Otto Lindenbrock, who yeah. then, of course, you know, like an orphan and is living with him, and the nephew falls in love. So he's all, like, he's always like pining for Grauben back home. I wanna, you know, I wanna profess my love to Grauben. 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 Okay. Um, Funny. I'm just pronouncing it like uh, Groiben. No, I think it's Groiben, you say in the book, is okay. the name. And there is some really fun, uh, like, racial stereotyping from French towards Germans. It's very funny. And also talking about, like, what, you know, what the science is at the time. Oh, I'm a geologist, something, something like this. Anyway, so they go off to Iceland. Yeah. And it takes them ages because this is travel fiction. And everyone thinks that, oh, the exciting travel part begins with them... Um, going down the going path? into like get, like all right so let's go to iceland and anyway they're, now they're in iceland and they get there no 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 this travel this travel uh, excitement stuff starts off with them right we've got to go and get the train from wherever they are to hamburg to kiel or wherever yeah, it is yeah, of course. and then they're going to go from kiel and then they got onto a steamer and they took a steamer across and then they got to copenhagen and they met this person in copenhagen and they went to this museum yeah. in copenhagen went there then they were waiting for a boat for, that was going from you know copenhagen up to you know iceland because it was part of you know iceland was you know being it was part of copenhagen no part of denmark at mm. the time you know like greenland still is i yes. can't even remember what they're talking about so politics and then we're going to get on a boat and we get on a boat and we stop at the faroe islands and we meet people there and then we go to iceland and we go to Reykjavik and we hang out in Reykjavik and then we meet these other people and we get the guide and uh, Hans uh, Belke is the is the Icelandic guide who's yeah. a hunter yeah. but he's not a real hunter he's an eider duck hunter so he hunts for the um, the uh, uh, the feathers from the nests of the ah, eider ducks or something right. like that okay. so he's, he's not like a fearsome hunter he's like no I, I go out and collect feathers from from uh, uh, that, that, that du ducks have you been using in the nest or whatever. <laughs> that's funny um, yeah but it and is... then no I'm oh, no, still going still... and then they go into a, a village nearby the the thing and then they get from there and then they meet some other people they get supplies and then they go up and they all arrive at the crater and then they're like right now we're at this crater and that, how how oh, far is that into feels, the book? Oh, it just takes so long now again none of that part is unenjoyable because they're visiting places which are like real places and there's you can write descriptions and yeah. sort of like all oh, right this is fun get a story about what it's like what's Reykjavik is like in you know in 18 what 60 yeah in uh, the 19th century yeah um uh, yeah all uh, yeah what so there's some fun stuff <laughs> there as well yeah and it's actually quite fun to spend time with professor lindenbrock and axel who, who's all really gung-ho he's sort of like yes let's go we're going off here i'm going to be a great man you know always talking about the savants you know who the yes. people who are very good at this and very good at that and they've got their own theories and they go out and make their own way and he's like privately wealthy or whatever and axel though is 
really is is a real wet blanket he is he, a coward and it's it, it's always fun i like these things where you know you got one person's raring to go and the mm. other one's like oh no let's be cautious i'm not yeah. really sure what to do and it, it, to be honest it feels a bit unbelievable because they're both just geologists or whatever and then hans doesn't speak very much and when he does he only speaks danish right i think and our narrator axel our first person narrator doesn't understand danish right but his uncle does he understands lots of different languages <laughs> of and course so there's only three now for the rest of the book so we're about a third of the way into the book by then yeah for the rest of the book there's only three characters exist in the book yeah two of them don't understand each other don't have a common language yeah and yeah and, it, and then it's suddenly like oh all this fun interaction just becomes you know the uncle being let's go and the and the nephew being oh no i'm i'm just wanting to go Hesitant, home to my yes. my to my love grauben I while you were saying all this I was trying to uh, get to find the the French original version of this book to actually find out if these were actually the 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 names names in French as well yeah Um, because yeah Otto Lindenbrock yeah Axel Lindenbrock Hans Hans Baker oh and then they went to Snefsjökull Snefsjökull yeah yeah that's fun well, we've been to Iceland, so yes, we um, have been to Iceland. Uh, we didn't find a, a path leading into a, a volcano. And we stuff, did go. We did go to a volcano, though. We went to a glacier mm. on a volcano. Yeah. All right. So but it's, it's funny th- that he that he uses a, a German geologist uh, yeah. l- leaving from Hamburg. Yeah. Um, and then they start going down underground, and yeah. then we spend ages of them trying to getting down underground, and they've got the supplies and stuff, and, mm. and they get down, and it's like chapter sixteen, and they're sort of like we've we've gone up up the mountain, mm-hmm. they've got like two thousand meters above, you know, however tall this mountain is. They go into the crater, and then it takes them ages and ages and ages to get down two thousand, and then at one point they're saying we are now back down to sea level, <laughs> so now our journey actually begins, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like we're literally halfway through the book at this point. And yes. now our journey actually begins is where we go down below sea level. Yes. Underground. Yeah. And then, and it felt kind of brisk up, in, weirdly, it felt brisk up until that point, even though a lot of stuff was happening, even you get bogged down in Iceland a bit. Yes. But it felt like, okay, we're, we're always making forward progress. Yeah. And then when they actually get underground, it feels like they suddenly stop making forward progress because we're like journey to the center of the earth. So, mm. we're, okay, we're going to start going down now. Mm. And then, but there's loads of lateral movement and they're like, and we, and we walked and walked and walked, but we only went a hundred meters further deep, but we'd walked like eight kilometers further. Sideways. Yeah, sideways. Yeah, okay. And and so weirdly, it felt like they've made a lot of progress to get to Iceland, to get to the to, to get to the mountain or get to the volcano, to get down into the crater and get down to sea level. Yeah. And then it just feels like progress slows. Right. Because they've made it a long way by then. Yeah. You know, all the way from Hamburg all the way up to Iceland. And, yeah. I've, and I've sailed that many times, you yes. know. I've sailed from Europe up to Iceland many times. But so not I, with steamboats not in with the steamboats. age of like yeah. that. But and also sailing. on the way they meet obviously other people in different yeah, yeah, yeah. places. So that adds to Yeah, the and meeting. now we're with three people, one of them who never talks. And if he yeah. does, he doesn't talk English or German or whatever. Yeah. Um, Otto is, uh, not Otto, Axel is speaking or whatever. Yeah. And then they just like mope around passages. And I'm like, this is where the adventure starts. And you know what? No it's, adventure. It's really boring. <laughs> okay. And I was expecting adventure. Like yeah. this is meant to be adventure. But at the time, like what's exciting is like, oh yeah, nobody's ever been this deep underground before. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And what are they finding? They're like, hmm, some geology stuff. They're talking about some layers. They find some fossils. And there is that bit where they go into a big cavern and there's like prehistoric life down there. Ooh. But it doesn't feel interesting anymore yeah like and it's not just because we have jurassic park and all of these you know other lands that times forgots i don't know where to pluralize that land that time forgots lands that time forgot where where the dinosaurs are still living to this day having king kong you know all of these different kong things but at the time they didn't have that yeah at the time it doesn't make it more interesting to the modern readers it's just not very good like it isn't it's not exciting it's not interesting and then what is exciting is sort of like and then i got lost and I couldn't find my companions. And I was like, you're going on a trip to the center of the earth. That You're in a cave. Tie yourselves together. Like, that's how, yeah. like, it's it's really obvious. Like, if you're just on some strings, you yeah. just have to stay. You don't have, the strings don't have to take your weight. So if you're like, collab- a cabin collapses, yeah. you know, you yeah. can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like mountaineering, you know, yeah, there's yeah. all pictures of mountaineering and everyone's tied together. Yeah. Just tie yourself together. You'll never get lost. Yeah. 
and they don't do that. And there's all like, and then the lights went out, and I'm like, and how do you do it? They're like, mm, well, I didn't have a way to light my torch again or whatever it was. And mm. they do have battery stuff with them. And also, then there's some kind of aurora borealis, like, but underground. But in other words, we need it doesn't it, it's it's not great to have like it, them just doing everything by torchlight because you want to see the big vistas. Or of whatever. course. Um, and then they double back on themselves and they turn around and they sail. There's an underground ocean and they sail in one direction and then they then <laughs> How they do right they sail? back on a boat. Yeah, well, they build a raft out of oh, this right. petrified wood, like this wood that's underground, which is petrified. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, they get on this thing, and then there's this big storm, and then they land back, and they're like, "Oh, we're back where we began." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And they got turned around, and it's this big thing in the movie, in, not in the movie, in the book. Like, where, like, how did we, we thought we were still going south and then north? It turns out that's one of the big twists at the end of the book. You know, like at the end of around the elder in eighty days, they think they've failed that they yes. haven't made it, yeah. but it turns out that there's like a, a clever a device which is all like oh yeah it's a watch and they weren't resetting the time yeah. and you could go all the way around the earth mm. that's actually a really fun moment yeah. and it's recreated in all the retellings of mm. around the world in 80 days because it makes it such a dramatic end that they think they're not going to do it but then they you know grasp victory out of the jaws of defeat because yeah. you've sailed around the world and i've done that before i've traveled around the world and yes. i didn't have i think no november the 14th one year yes on oh, 15th it was, was it february really 15th? anyway no, whatever it was, it was. A crazy thing it just yeah, yeah you didn't have that day and they were booking me flights to then fly from australia and we're like no that day doesn't exist like you can't like when i if you're flying me via australia to this other place yeah. when my flight arrives because it goes across the international date line yeah. i'm gonna arrive the day later yes and they're like oh okay well don't do it anyway so my I, i've i've had travel confusion literal travel confusion yeah, that breaks brains crossing the international mm-hmm. while sailing across the international date yeah. line. in this case they have a they have a compass that's yeah. pointing in different directions yeah yeah, and there's an electrical storm and then the compass doesn't work properly. But yeah. that's kind of revealed at the end, like, oh, I've solved the problem when we went through this electrical storm. The thing, But it doesn't. It wasn't a satisfying problem for them to be solving. What it was was like, you just set off from there a week ago on your boat and now you're back in the same place again and there's no forward progress. Yeah, okay. And so, it went, that's the end of the, the thing. Yeah, they just pop back out in a volcano in Stromboli or whatever. After, oh, no, ah. there is the, the, the only fun moment after they get underground. You'd think they'd be like, oh, you know, Plesiosaur is eating megalodons or whatever. I can't remember the, <laughs> the monsters. They actually mention them here on the Wikipedia page. Uh, yeah, an ichthyosaurus <laughs> battling a plesiosaurus. You know, okay. this picture, this little picture, you yeah. see that little yeah, engraving yeah, yeah. there? Yeah, I see that. More exciting than what happens in the book. Okay. But what is fun, they're like, ah, this way is blocked. Let's put some dynamite there. Well, it wouldn't be dynamite back then, but whatever. Let's put some, some explosives. Sp- explosives there, and then we'll step back, and they blow it, and they blow a hole in the ground, and the whole sea, like underground sea, starts <gasps> emptying down, and they're like, "Stay on the road, get on the road." So, but yeah, like it, it's it, it's all unsatisfying because there's no rules to it. If you know what I mean, when they need light. Oh, there's some aurora and underground aurora borealis mm. kind of stuff, and yeah. there's light everywhere, and there's electrical storms. And if they like, they never run out of food, and they're going. This is months underground trying mm. to get places, and they're mm. again moving laterally along, laterally a long way. Yeah, but not going down very deep. And then, like when they need a raft to get across an ocean, they're like, there's petrified wood, and Hans just makes a raft, which is not only an amazing raft, but it's like the most like by all the waves and stuff that they're going through it's like the most it seaworthy it, like if you went and took like a modern day boat made out of I don't know carbon fiber no no that would crack but whatever yeah. you know like a, a one of those semi-inflotable zodiac boats or yeah. maybe like a, a lifeboat which could flip upside down and you know you see those ones that they roll the lifeboats and they pop back up again the yes. right way around that's what you'd need to yeah. survive this stuff and they just have a raft made out of semi-petrified wood tied together? It feels like MacGyver early early days. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense. They also, and here's one of the things, again, I don't want to rag on the, like, the idea of the, uh, like, how bad the science is, because of course you can't go that deep underground, because yeah. there's, like, magma down there. Like, yeah. what's the deepest anyone's ever been underground? It's, like, five kilometres? I don't know. There's boreholes which go down, but the deepest caves don't go down that very well, and it gets hotter as you go down. Yeah. And, the, of course, the air pressure would rise and stuff or whatever, but that's fine. Um, but it's tricky to do this because the the people doing it are geologists. Mm. They're geologists who are going down yes. there. 
and it doesn't make and it's not that it doesn't make any sense but it's like it's it's kind of unsatisfying that people who are experts in geology are going underground because they know what to look for so all of the sciencey explanations is it's like Jules Verne has he's he's trying to make this science fiction by inserting as much science in it as possible yes but that kind of gets in the way I'd much prefer if it was more fantasy kind of thing where it's sort of like we're adventurers and we're going on an adventurer and don't be an expert in language don't be an expert in geology just think there's a hole here let's see what's down the hole in that case that would kind of be more interesting yes you know not to constantly hang lamps on but what about this oh there's this other there's this other scientific theory that underground is actually it doesn't get hotter as you go down there and it's actually the magma is created by water coming in and mixing with phosphor or whatever like that and that's melting the rock and making these pockets of magma which come out of volcanoes you know there isn't any plate tectonics you know or anything there they're just like where's the cool volcanoes well there's some in Mount Etna and Stromboli and there's some in South America and there's these these Icelandic stuff going up there too you know yeah I was just because um, he was literally asked or like um, when when he wrote the, all these stories yeah. and he, he was, uh, they were saying, ah, yeah, this is like a new genre and science fiction and stuff. Now, I, I did read about how yeah. he was feeling towards it because he did do the research on yeah. the, the specific science. Yeah. And it is very educational if you want to have some education of uh, geology and yep. uh, 18 something something. Um, but also like... they try to to place him somewhere where he wasn't even wanting to be placed he was wanting to write these adventure stories yeah and um that's it yep and uh and they said oh it's like you know that's what i'm saying these days you either have to lean into the science and get it right yes or lean away from it and then you kind of you're you've got to not mention it too much yeah you know there's these people who do so much research and they're like and now all the research has to go into the book you know i've done all this world building it has to go in there but if if that raises more questions than it answers and there's not enough believability you know verisimilitude or whatever it is you've got to take out the stuff that breaks the verisimilitude you know the stuff which is truthy sounding you know and it's, I would have preferred this book more if they just went underground and they were like, ah, the air pressure is inter- interacting with the gravity or no, like the magnetic fields and is creating some aurora so we can see underground. Yeah. I'd be like, great. That get good, great. Wow. Yeah. That's all I cool. wanted. If they just say that, yeah. and it's sort of like, great. So we don't need to worry about torches or lamps mm-hmm. or anything. There's just going to be light everywhere, mm-hmm. and then just go on an adventure. But they don't. And then they're talking about, oh, what about the how amount of food that we've got and the amount of distance that we've got? Mm-hmm. It would have been much better if that was all kind of like m- much more hand waved away. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're going to do this as a journal, just like skip days and sort of like a week later, and we've descended another 350 kilometers or something, yeah. and this interesting stuff happens. Or so like food is running low or whatever like yeah, yeah you can whatever make it, like there's yeah. food. and if they'd have found more living things and got food along the way yes. but it's like they go there and even at the time they're saying what are you looking at by the way this is very distracting i'm sorry no yes. it's okay no 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 it, i'm looking for this quote about uh, we've already moved on with the podcast even if you bring it up now it's going to be too late in the podcast to bring up the quote from jules van i'm sorry <laughs> we're just okay. trying to have a flowing conversation right so here's the thing journey to the center of the earth how deep is the earth go idea well how far how long is it how we can do some trigonometry or no not true no i don't not know trigonometry. i don't what know do the do? numbers let's 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 use some pi um let's I'm holding up like a weird triangle uh, shape cir- no this this is a circle this, oh, is, this the earth. is meant to be a it circle goes like this i'm gonna go it out and then divide it by about a third and that's the, and then that's the uh that's the radius or whatever it is isn't it pi r squared whatever anyway to get from us down to the center of the earth, it's about 6,380 kilometers down. Okay. If yeah. you went that far up, you're like super in space. Yes. Like, so like not even like space is only 100 kilometers up or whatever the international boundary is. Yes. And then if to get to orbit, it's like 300 kilometers up. Yeah. See, so that's really difficult to get that far, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, let's go down in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is called Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. Are we actually landing in the center of the Earth? Here's the thing. How deep do you think they get? Don't look at these notes. How deep do you think they get into the Earth? I don't know. Um, Five kilometers? No. Actually, a lot more than that. Oh, how much? 320 kilometers deep is how they get get deep. deep, So like a tiny portion of... It turns out 4.7% of the way there, (laughs) which I just found when I was looking on Goodreads. Somebody had done the math already, which is great because this is exactly the kind of thing I'm looking up in there. Now, it's... 
I don't mind. It's it's not a, like literally. I really really enjoy Jules Verne's From the Earth to the Moon, mm-hmm. which is about shooting a cannon with people in it at the, at the moon. That it's hilarious. And it's all about building it. It's all about the international cooperation and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And at the end of the book, mild spoilers, they learn, bang. And they're like, did they get there? Well, I hope they got there. And it's like, <laughs> they didn't get there. They died when you fired the cannon. Like, it's it's a really dumb thing. Like, it's it's really great satire that, of course, it's not going to, like, it doesn't work. But but then you they did get 20,000 leagues under the sea. Not deep, but, like, they went underwater mm-hmm. and went, went, went under the sea for 20,000 leagues. Yeah. And they did get around the world in 80 days. Yes. So in this case, it's sort of like, did they reach the center, journey to the center of the earth? It turns out, no, not even close. 4.7% of the way. Well, now, it was the journey to, it what? didn't say... Um, yeah, they were trying journey... to, they were trying to journey to. Now, <laughs> yes. here's the thing, unless you were just going to jump, like, but if you jump and you hit terminal velocity, yeah, you know, and what's terminal velocity for a human in, in air? It's not like, say, 100 kilometers an hour, probably a bit. Let's say 200 kilometers an hour. Like, how fast do you fall if you just fall? Right. But this is... 6,378. So now there's me going to be doing live calculations, but let's do it. I did this, uh, uh, calc- let me bring up the calculator. So if I go, what is that? 6,378, uh, what is that? Divided by, what I was going to say, 200 equals. So it would still take you, if you just jumped and started falling, um yeah, at 200 kilometers an hour, you're going to you're going to get down there in 31 hours or whatever it is like that. Okay. Which is good. Yeah. But that's really fast. Yes. That's and literally it's just faster. Down. That's actually faster than any human any non-human person, like any any non-falling at terminal velocity human had ever traveled when this book was written. Like mm. trains oh, didn't yes, go course. 200 kilometers an hour. No. Planes didn't go 200 kilometers. No. Boats and trucks I nothing mean there was nothing really did was nothing, it well maybe trains like trains were getting like steam trains were getting powerful and they could get up to like pretty pretty fast or mm. whatever maybe not back then and maybe not that fast so you're thinking okay so not that far and they're not they don't want really to be falling down and in the end it just takes months that's the whole point months and but they don't pack food for months no if you were actually wanting to do this like if you wanted to do what jules verne is wanting to do is saying okay so we've got to get a human six thousand three hundred and seventy eight kilometers across terrain where there's no food and no water or we don't know what food or water is going to be this book could have been a really fun supply um <laughs> depot yeah. thing you know yeah like when when the people back at then were trying to go it's like a thousand kilometers to get from the edge of antarctica to the south pole all of that was like okay right so we're going to set off with 300 people yes. and they're going to put a depot inside like yes. half of them are going to head back and yes. then half of them are going to go further on yeah. they're going to put a yeah. depot and they're yeah. going to head back and that's what all of those you know shackleton adventures were about was at least supply chain yes. kind of things of course but here it's sort of like, oh, yeah, I was carrying the science experiments. This other guy was carrying the clothes and this other person was carrying the food or whatever it was, you know. Right. But they, it, it, again, it doesn't make sense. And in the end, of course, it doesn't make sense. They were never going to get 6,378 kilometers deep. And then they pop out and they're on Stromboli. And about, here's the thing. Like I say, it could have been better if they'd have left aside all of that uh, all of that planning and logistics and like they kept from bringing it up well well we're gonna do it anyway and they're like let's go forward and they're like but we don't have enough food like even if we turned around now we're not gonna have enough food to get back mm. uh, but they never like look for food along the like it's 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 unsatisfying again it's not even at the time but he's writing he's writing out all of the unsatisfying mm. it's like full of besides you know like yes. here besides we'll do this oh and besides and there's not besides in it you know what but, i mean but yeah, there's yeah, yeah. all of these kind of things oh and uh, you're thinking about this i'm the author i'm thinking about the same thing let me explain that away and you're thinking about that but in the end it gets to the point where he's not even explaining it away he's just like mentioning it like are you, like one of the characters is like are you sure about this and otto is like let's keep going on and they just keep going on and they just survive by the skin of the teeth they pop out this this uh, this volcano in the Stromboli, yeah. and I'm like, obviously Jules Verne has never been to Stromboli because like, and we hiked for two hours down the side of a mountain, and then we met someone, and they said, oh, we're, you know, he spoke Italian, so we're like in Italy. Oh, and that mountain over there is Mount Etna or whatever yeah. it is. And then we carried on walking for another an hour and a half, and we reached the the town. And I'm like, if you've been to Stromboli. <laughs> Again, this is my privilege of traveling all over the world and and visiting places and like this. Knowing the places, there's nowhere to walk. Like if you're the, if you're one side of Stromboli, like if you're at the top of the mountain or something of Stromboli, yep. and they don't even come out the top of the volcano, they can come out the side. Nowhere is more than a 45 minute walk away because it's a <laughs> tiny island. <laughs> all right. Well, they are like exhausted travelers. No, no again, like I say, it does. Like again, put that aside. It doesn't make all sense. Right. So here's the thing. But, I, but one thing about okay. that 
you said you in the book it is mentioned how far they traveled right so is yeah. that actually the distance between iceland and and stromboli like is that actually you, that would be that possible to, that would be possible to do in a few months okay like with a lot of walking and then getting on a ship and sailing yeah. and then getting caught <laughs> up in a thing and dropping down and then getting spurred to set. like there's ways of making it work okay like that was that was fine mm. but How many exciting things happened in the few thousand kilometers that it would take to get from Iceland to, to, to Italy, to the Mediterranean? I don't know. Only like four exciting things happened when they got underground. <laughs> yeah. That's the issue. That's my issue with this. It's an adventure story with not a lot of adventure. Right. And one of the adventures is um, some some animals are fighting over there. Another one is like, oh, there's a prehistoric 12-foot human there who's looking after a herd of mastodons, which doesn't make sense because what they're eating. I don't put all of that aside. But they just see it. And oh, then, okay. They don't try to um, interact at all or anything. There's a there's a storm that they get into yeah. underwater, some yeah. like tornado maelstrom kind of thing, yeah. that could have been exciting. Except this raft is just sort of like amazingly too good, and also it then spits them back in the direction that they came from. So it's sort of like a pointless thing because they arrive back on the shore of the place that they took off from. One mm. guy gets lost, which could have been solved and tying themselves together. And like I say, one exciting thing is when they set off an explosion to open up a passageway and it go, all goes wrong. And I'm like, yes, you've done something. You actually acted in a way to achieve something. Yeah. Anyway, they pop out Stromboli and they're all famous and then they're like, yes, and he was very famous. And I was like, why isn't everybody, like, why aren't there now tours that go, like, why isn't this now an industry? <laughs> like, that's the whole thing when there's suddenly, like, there's prehistoric monsters down there. How is this, how is not everybody now go? And that's always the thing with these sort of like, oh, a mysterious realm, like back when the world wasn't quite, like, everybody was exploring everywhere and as soon as there was a new trade route or a new spice found or someone <laughs> discovered potatoes or someone wanted to set up breadfruit and other people were like anywhere that's interesting in the world people go to you well know. you know it's like these uh, the then. prehistoric caves in france where they have the prehistoric paintings on the walls of the of the caves they yeah. literally had to hide the place yeah. now yeah, yeah, yeah. so people don't go there yeah it's like okay well uh, um, yeah I mean, back in the day yeah sure yeah. But, uh, what i'm saying is that it felt like oh they went on that adventure and now nobody ever needs to go on that adventure ever again mm. or discover that kind of thing ever again anyway so i thought this book would be better and i had memories of reading this book before mm. And then I was like, I, I couldn't have read this book before. But again, maybe I read sort of like a, a comic adaptation yeah, or whatever. Like it, But I had some very strong memories of this. And okay. I was like, like, I remember them not popping out in Stromboli, but popping out in a volcano down at the at the in South America somewhere. So all the way time, I'm like, yeah, but they've got to get down to the center of the earth because I remember that there's more dinosaurs. There wasn't yeah. more dinosaurs because, again, dinosaurs weren't really known like they were, like T-Rex wasn't a character. Velociraptors yeah. weren't characters nope. in fiction back then. Nope. Um, And so I remembered that there was dinosaurs. I remember them getting to the actual center of the earth. Mm -hmm. I remember them setting explosions and making a big hole and then falling down for a long time. But when they get to the bottom, there's this cavern. And because they're at the center of the earth, gravity is pointing in every direction. So they're weightless. And yeah. there's some also dinosaurs floating because all the dinosaurs came down. <laughs> and then I remember them going back up. And I was like, what do I remember this from? So, of course, I went over and searched for BBC audio dramas. And here it is. Right. Journey to the center of the earth. Um uploaded here it was broadcast for the first time i found it on there it was broadcast for the first time in 1995 so i remember listening yeah. to an hour and a half audio drama adaptation of jules verne journey to the center of the earth when right. i was 15 years old yeah. or whatever and that's that was my memory that's where yes. all the characters that i had and all the character interactions and of course you would never do for a bbc drama like three characters two of which would never talk to each other <laughs> one because they don't understand each other's yeah. um language so it's like inspired by basically because yeah. uh, it's not really the 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 real yeah. book we've done it we've arrived at the little hollow seed at the center of the anesthesi pool you see we've arrived at the little sphere at the you know in the in the, what they call it the pole of mm. like not the north pole not the south pole but the in the inside pole, pole. so yeah. that's this is what i remember this and so there was like oh that's the story that i remember mm. now we had a conversation about this like a week ago when you did this deep dive into jules verne and you're like oh yeah he's best known for the like the adaptations yeah i'm not saying that this adaptation is better than the book but at least it was 
an adaptation for 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 15 year old luke in 1995 that set my memories and this happens time and time again you know most people's exposure to say war of the worlds is maybe you know of course the book is very well read but there's been so many adaptations of it that everybody is then oh i've got the orson wells version or the or the um uh, the uh, Jeff Wayne's musical version, yes, you know, yeah. loads of that's like a huge yeah, yeah, selling yeah. album, and yeah. there's TV versions of it. The the, the, the radio tri- drama, the, the tripods, yeah, the yeah, Orson Welles radio drama. Yes. Yeah. The, the now there's the uh, the Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg joint, and there's uh, probably since then there's been more, you know, more yes. movies. Well, yes. the world. Once these things become popular culture, they're they're the seed for actually what it is like. Mm. You know, I tried reading Frankenstein um, uh, or Modern Prometheus or whatever it is. It's it's dull. Like, I couldn't get into it. It's unreadable because it's sort of like, here's a story of a story that I found. And this person, they're telling their story again and they found someone's diary. And the diary is, oh, I found these records of this other thing. You know, they always do these like many layers deep to hearsay. get into it. What? Hearsay. Hearsay. Like, yeah. yeah, because you have to make it like, oh, this is a true story. Yeah. But why is Mary Shelley telling that story? Yeah. Well, she must have found this, but why is that? But, you know, you put these layers of of like you know these different things in there and the same even the same with war of the worlds like when you actually read the book i found it amazing but it's about like a a news report like a, a journalist like just writing stories and keeping notes yeah and then half of the story he's just in a hole so he's like oh meanwhile my brother was on the other side yeah. of london here's what he was up to and yes. his brother goes off and has adventure and stuff like all right that's enough of that now i'm coming back here no modern retelling ever mm-hmm. includes like half of the story happens to this unnamed protagonist and half of it happened mm-hmm. to his unnamed brother who becomes the main protagonist for yeah. the quarter of the book in the middle because yeah. they want to tell a story of this other stuff and also i remember the um the the main guy the uh, journalist guy is not actually that likable uh, as well like he's just this very Look, it doesn't matter well, because like it doesn't matter what the characters are in the original versions of these things you know and when a seed is planted mm. it doesn't actually matter how good that is if it gets enough if it gets enough cultural significance there will just keep being more um adaptations of it yes it becomes evergreen like yeah. a journey to the center of the earth yeah. there's a brendan fraser movie and there's you know journey to a mysterious island or whatever these yeah, other yeah, ones yeah. are i think the yeah. dwayne the rock it johnson is in one of them the starting point of something else yeah. and the fun something thing is better. in that version yeah i only know this because i heard people talk about it on a, a movie review podcast mm. years ago was that it, they become part of the jewel like the verne averse with mm. the idea that jules verne was writing these stories because at the start of this they they find a uh, they find a, a message from a 16th century icelandic alchemist arna sakmussen um and when translated in english go down to the crate oh there's this whole code breaking part at the start of where they course. have to that's the adventure bits <laughs> go down into the center of this crater so the idea i think in the movies is that actually jules verne went on all these adventures mm. and there's a whole society of people who actually believe what jules verne wrote again i haven't seen the movies but that i like that like it's it's a fun way of like re-spinning these yeah. but nobody like why would jules verne tell the best version of this story he, he can't tell the best version of this story like there, there isn't like if you say this is the original, which is the only one worth telling. Like these YouTube comments, never read the comments, but yeah. um, like uh, uh, there shouldn't be a version. Jules Verne wrote the book, and that's the only version there is. It's like oh, no, no of course. there isn't. That no. isn't the only version there is. No. And I'm just thinking, like, what are the things now which are now this? Mm. Like, what's being made now which has become this? Oh, well, we have many, many of these same examples. Like, what? you just need to look at the, um, um, what is it? Um, Star Wars? No. Yeah. No, but you what, you, what do you want no, to say? No, but um, what's it called? Um, uh, the uh, Odyssey. Um, yeah. Uh, what's two thousand one? A space odyssey? No, 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 no. Um, the 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 original odyssey. How is it? It's Homer's called, odyssey. Yes, it's called different in, in English, and I. Od- always, the, it's called the odyssey. The odyssey. Okay. If you're talking anyway. about a Greek manus, uh, a Greek, uh, not a Greek manuscript. Yeah. Walk, no, walking I'm, around having. What adventures. are you talking about? What what version are you talking about? That the these stories. No, like, I'm talking about what has been created. What's just been created now? Oh, just now. Which in hundred and 60 years time is going to be 
there's going to be many more retellings of it and the other retellings of it could be better because someone isn't going to get Frankenstein correct on the first attempt and someone isn't going to get A Journey to the Centre of Earth correct on the first attempt or A War of the Worlds. Well, I don't know, like attempt. if you say like the Marvel, Marvel Universe, uh, there might be retellings of that. I don't know, it's not yeah, a good well, example. A bit, but... it, weirdly, actually, now that I ask that question, it's a bit difficult because those are like intellectual property owned by a person. The whole point of this is that, oh, you can just read this book on Project Gutenberg. And, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's common, Yeah. Uh, common, free, common, how is it called? License. Public domain. Public domain yeah. stuff. Yeah, that comes on top. But also... Yeah, th- that's kind of the thing. The Sherlock Holmes and these other things, They the, the, the versions, like when you sometimes when you go back and read those stories, yeah. you're like, oh no, actually that's, you exactly. know, a that's retelling a good, might be better. That's a good example because, you know, the BBC Sherlock Holmes, yeah. they are based on yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle. They use some characters in they common. They use some and some story bits. Oh, I can't believe how bad that show was. It doesn't matter. But how people became fans of that don't show. Don't worry about that. But it is basically a similar kind of thing, right? Because people, uh, well, the, the, the essence of the story is there, yeah. but the telling is completely different. Yeah. And it's the same with, like, I can only compare it to, like, operas. Like, they, they keep retelling and performing the same operas from like uh, yeah. 300 years ago or yeah not actually but, now i'm thinking you know, of it i reckon i've got one which what? is a bit more obscure what is it i think james bond yeah because james the character of james bond is still owned by the guy yeah like the by the company broccoli people the, the broccolis and the mgms oh, or I whoever owns the broccoli. rights to it or whatever but <laughs> Bar- the idea broccoli. of having like a spy like that you mm. know that spy literature and these days like if if i want to like and i've mentioned this before like what are the movies that come out featuring a spy and a gang and a mission mm. i'm actually not interested at all in the next james bond movie or who's going to be in the next bond but the mission impossible which is like again everybody was like oh james bond spies and cold war missions and thrillers you know yeah. the mission impossible started off as a tv show and now is a mo- like mega mega i'm really excited about whatever the next mission impossible movie is yeah um and like less excited about the next james bond again because they, they keep doing it. And then there's Jason Bourne, which yeah. is another JB yes. action hero. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the, the stunts and the fight sequences of that then comes over into a John Wick, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Like those those kind of... But these are basically all based on the similar kind of storytelling scheme, right? Yeah, well, John Wick less so because there's a whole assassin's world going on. But what I'm trying to say is like there is a, like a form, this form of fiction, like mm. they said, subterranean fiction or other kind of yeah. things. But yeah, but yeah, it's difficult to say really because of copyright and things and, and in, all these product things being owned in intellectual property, intellectual, uh, yeah, intellectual Which is property. a whole different question in my in my opinion because like yeah. that... that don't, you, no, don't no, 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 it was, it was, no, just, it was me, an off the top of my head question. Off the top of my head question. Let me just finish yeah. here, okay? So there's this YouTube comment, right? Yeah. And it, personally, I know quite a few different artists. I know visual artists, I know yeah. writers, I know musicians, I know painters, I know all kinds of people. And basically... Even scientists, and I've just seen a comment. If you if you want to read a paper by a scientist, the best way of reading yeah. it is actually writing them in person, saying, "Hey, can I read this paper?" And they will pass it to you for free because, and this is now about the artists. Generally, people are very happy for for you to read their stuff, yeah. to consume their stuff, and to yeah. even use it to do something else with it. Mm. This this whole corporate copyright yeah. stuff has been put on top. Yeah. It's like with Martin from the Wintergarten. Like he puts out his his music and his yeah. files and his stuff. He puts it all out for you to just take yeah. it. Maybe and- that's it. Maybe that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. The stuff that isn't copyrightable. So, for example, here's here's my here's my new take stab at this. Okay. Vlogging. Who were the people who started vlogging first? Like the vlog brothers and these other people with the jump cuts. You know, the, yeah. the, the not jump cuts, like the, the the editing out all the gaps, so everything's like really fast paced. Then you get a Casey Neistat who was like, every, he can make everything look really amazing. Yeah. Except he's like just riding his bike in a city, but it looks amazing because he's got <laughs> some good editing. Yeah. He's got some good like views, and there's some funky music that he's licensed yeah. on top of it. And yeah. then suddenly. All everything looks like that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say there, but it's sort of like there is there are these four there are these things that are like you go and now if you see a Casey Neistat blog blog, I w- watch one 
you know, recently. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is tedious. It's mm. really boring. And even that video that we just saw about that guy traveling around the United States, he's sort of like, yep. blah, 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 travel montage, you know. We it, just shortened it. Here we are. It, yes, yeah, I'm in it. Uh, yeah, there's a view of me taking off. Like, you know about the travel. You've all seen vlog travel montages. I'm, you're going to get the thing of me, like, blooping my card, going into my hotel and yeah. falling on my bed. And that's yes. the transition of me getting up in the morning. It's sort of like, you've all seen this. And he's, like, making an ironic thing. Sort of like, yeah, we actually don't need to have... Yes. Like four minutes of a vlog of like how I got from one place to another place. It's like, yeah, we've all been on a plane. Like we've all stayed in a hotel room. Yeah. Get to what the interesting stuff is. Exactly. You know, back yeah. in the day, it was exciting just to see someone who looked cool wearing sunglasses and had a had a GoPro on a stick pointing yeah. at their face going around the world. And it's, it's and in funny 2015, that, that vlogging format, was you could was, just do was that. Unique. It was you could cool. do daily vlogs and people would keep up with them. Yeah. yeah. And that lasted around about six months and then suddenly it's sort of like oh yeah actually we've all seen enough travel montages of people getting onto planes yeah but this is the exact the, like you could even you could put it on a like a timeline and yeah. that's the exact continuation of yeah. a journey to to the center of the no, earth no, that's what i'm saying what we now it's a do travel adventure what we now do in fiction is like hey i found this notice about this hole in the ground let's decode it we've yeah. decoded it we yeah. need to get to iceland cut to here we are in Iceland, yes. in Reykjavik. We've got to find yeah. a local guide, introduce local guide. Cut yeah. two, we've made it top of the mountain. Now we get down. And that should be yeah. 10% of the book or 15% of the book. Yes. And now we're actually getting down into a hole in the ground and, and fill that up with adventure. Yeah. But it's like 50% of the book is just getting to the start of the journey yeah. in the same way that watching a Casey Neistat video that we put on. And I'm like, wow, this is really boring. Like it's like that, that what we found interesting in 2016, mm. which is, you know, travel montages in vlogs super super tedious to get through now yeah now that actually becomes in that you know whatever it was that train guy yeah that just becomes a, a, a joke you know yeah it becomes a joke that oh and here's a travel montage because i'm visiting three places in this video and i've got to transition from one to the other here's a 20 second joke about a travel montage yeah and we we have other two other other uh, channels on youtube that we like watch where they don't even bother with that anymore like the tim traveler doesn't actually oh, yeah, tom show scott as well tom yeah. scott as yeah. well like it's been basically now condensed down to okay I heard this and now I'm in yeah. country X and now I'm going to do all the in yeah. little individual interesting bits. I go there, I, I show you yeah. the thing, I go around and yeah. it takes about 10 minutes for me to show you all that. Yeah, and, We and never have to see a Tom Scott travel montage. What we do is he just says... I'm standing I'm, in front of this yeah, thing. You're like, I'm in Japan. I'm, I'm, I'm in, in Japan. Here I, you know, and that's yes. it. That's now become a bit that he does interesting travel vlogging or interesting travel videos and you never see him traveling unless you know the train the that he's on is the thing, is the yeah. thing you know yeah, yeah. so uh so yeah i guess that's uh that's that's what we're that's what we're up to now yeah uh that, that's that's the modern analogy that i'm looking for here yes like it's okay that someone did really really great travel vlogs mm -hmm. back in the day mm -hmm. but if you watch them now it's tedious and that's the, that's what this is that's what jules verne is yeah this is doesn't need to be a eight hour 20 minute audio book it's it, it's okay for this to be an hour and a half audio drama or a two hour movie yeah like and for I the amount of actual adventure that's taking place in this adventure book that's it that's all you really need yeah and i think it's totally valid to also spice it up a bit and to to, to change yeah. it actually, so actually make let me it say fun. actually get actually go to the center of the earth which to be honest i don't mind like again i yeah. don't <laughs> mind if it's a failed journey yeah like that they don't actually get to the center of the earth and that's like an ironic title like from the earth to the moon or yes. whatever yes and again the idea excuse me that the idea that people are like get confused about twenty thousand leagues under the sea they're like is that a depth because nobody knows what a league is they're like <laughs> that must be really deep if the twenty thousand leagues down it's like eh, no because if you do go twenty thousand leagues you're actually through the earth and out the other side uh, right. i've done a whole book review uh about uh like a, a parody book of that i think it's yeah. called 40 20 trillion leagues under oh, the yeah, sea oh yeah 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 i remember that so how, how the the how many this how, this is the your how many is is that even a word? Uh, Jules Verne book. How many have oh, you yeah. read? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, let's have a look. Let me go. Verne. 
So I've done From the Earth to the Moon, which yeah. I gave four stars. Ooh, I reviewed that back in 2009. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's the only book that I reviewed. But it was, a, it was on the Audible Free Library, and yep. I was interested to see what Tim Curry's performance was going to be. And again, it's one of those things that I'm like, have I read this book? But like, I honestly didn't remember having, like, I knew the story, but it turns yes. out I didn't know the story. I think, like, Jules Verne books are basically, or the stories are basically, uh, everybody knows all of them, but not really have read, like, them specifically. I've yeah. never, I don't even think I've read a single Jules Verne book, but I and here's just the consumed thing. the story. Here's the thing. Uh, there shouldn't be a version. Jules Verne wrote the book and that's the only version there is, mm-hmm. which is so, again, great. You have to go and read the original French language serialized publications in exactly. magazines. Yeah. You have to go out and get yeah. each Go each to the library of- and get the original. No, I'm not even sure it's possible because where it say it was, it was first published... Um, oh, it will be in the in the main French national library. No, they will I, have it there. What I'm saying is, it was probably it was probably published. Uh, oh, so it wasn't. It was first novel. I'm just saying a lot of this was often published in serial in magazines, but this yes. actually was a, a novel. But you've got to read the 18 1864 version, original not, French, in, originally in French, not the reissued version with extra prehistoric m- monsters or something, just the original in yes. French. Then you can say, I've read the original. I've exactly. read Jules Verne. But this is, well, I'm not reading Jules Verne. I'm reading in translation. Yeah. Um, and and I don't see anything wrong with this form of like proto science fiction, proto, like the basis of what's now become popular culture. Yeah. I think the the remakes, the adaptations, and this is always the kind of thing when people say about, oh, the latest remake of the Dune movie. And I'm like... Is it a remake of a Dune movie or is it a new adaptation of the original book? Yeah. And in the end, when you watch it, they're like, oh, yeah, it's kind of half and half. Like, that's a new interpretation. No, but also the interpretation relies kind of on the original Dune movie. Yeah. Um, being part of the popular culture you know there's there's like nods to it there's not even references but it kind of like some things only make as much sense as they do or only work in the same way that they do if you kind of know that like the the previous movie exists and yes. you see that time and time again yes, that's i just true. read i watched this interesting um really interesting uh uh, video essay about uh, Little Women, the latest movie, yeah, yeah. and you they were doing side by side comparisons with pre three previous version movie versions adaptations of the book, yeah. and you can totally see. Uh, and there's like an anime version and these other yeah, kind of yeah, versions yeah, yeah. as well, and you can see everybody like these other movies all were doing the same framing of these famous sh- shots or scenes yeah. as the previous ones, and yes. they're they're not using the original script, but you can see that they're basing the script on the other ones, and now this new movie is like taking a different direction and way against just more modern yeah and yeah like if i was to watch a if i was to watch a, a movie adaptation like of course i'd watch the most recent one it's obviously better than all of the really w- weird acting in the previous tv movies and yeah bbc movies and all these other yeah, ones yeah, yeah, and yeah. Stuff. it's um, uh it's really interesting how you have the, the layers of things yeah <laughs> and i'm never going to read the not i'm never going to read the book little women yeah like it's i'm just never gonna like why would i ever read that like i think there's now better ways of getting the story yeah um maybe maybe it's amazing because again some of these old books you do go back to them and go oh this is actually amazing yes but like i'm doing a science fiction book review podcast so old science fiction and fantasy even the odyssey like i uh, the the audiobook translation that new translation yeah. was fantastic and i'm really pleased to have talked about it on the podcast but yeah. other things like fall a bit outside the purview of this absolutely so even yeah. if uh pride and prejudice is amazing like that's i'm never going to be reviewing that on this podcast nope Maybe ah. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Maybe I'll <laughs> go for that one. I will certainly read these books, but um, yeah. I no, just I've read got no them problem with and... reading them. But it's one of those things that, you know, with these TV shows that come out and you're like, the first season, great. Second yeah. season, great. It's one of those things that like, I will wait until the entire TV series of seven seasons is finished. And then, uh, then I'll continue with season two, if you know what I yes, mean. Unless I'll... it's Ted Lasso. What's that? Well, yeah, okay. There's some things which you can keep up with, but there's other things which we've we've watched many first seasons of many shows, yeah. And then we've watched the first episode of the second season, and, and it's that, never gone on go, with it because we're like, back. Oh, if the, no, it's not that we're never going back. It's like this story needs to finish, mm. and then everybody needs to say yes, it's worth watching from season one, episode one, all the way through to season seven, episode twenty or whatever. Yes. It is. 
but yeah I, I, there's so many other things which I'm like I need there to be a general consensus like this is some of the greatest television mm-hmm. watch it mm-hmm. all the way through yeah. and Game of Thrones nobody says that now about that Lost was is always my main thing that I really enjoyed the first season of Lost never went on to season two because I'm like ah, I'm waiting and nobody said oh yeah watch Lost all the way through from beginning <laughs> to end if you're watching it live if you're keeping up with it and part- yeah. pe- being part of the conversation and yeah. doing all that kind of stuff it's fine um, anyway, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, we need a rating for this book. Yeah, two stars. Um, oh, okay. What? Well, that's not like that's what I'm at saying. least two. There like, are other two. books which are from this same era. Like, again, From the Earth to the Moon, I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, four stars for that one. Yeah. And, you know, like a lot of that early stuff with, I mean, I say early stuff. It was 30 years later when H.G. Wells is writing. Yeah. A lot of that stuff I find amazing and I still think it really stands up because like the social commentary is there. Mm. All of the good, like all of the good stuff is still there and it's still accessible and readable. But this is, it's just that it's 30, it's like 32, it's 30 years too early science fiction. Yeah. Science fiction doesn't know what it is yet. And I think there's that inflection point of around about H.G. Wells. Yeah. Where, or maybe it is just H.G. Wells. He set the template of what science fiction is and can be. Yeah. And he did it in that period of like 10 years where he wrote six books, all of which now you can still like name off the top of your head. You've got the War of the Worlds. You've got the... The Time Machine. The Time Machine, The Invisible Man, The Island of Dr. Moreau. These other ones, you know, the other things like that. Well, Um, this is basically... These were... Um, uh, adventure stories with a scientific background. Well, no, no, actually, no, they weren't. That's the thing. It, it, it isn't by then. It, they, they had become their own thing. Yeah. You know, in like the War of the Worlds was invasion fiction because, of course, all of these wars that were happening across Europe, there was all of these types of fiction at the time where England was being invaded by, you know, Napoleon or whoever, <laughs> you know, coming across. Yes. And they and that was like here's the thing like subterranean fiction is a form is a form of fiction you know yes absolutely um, so uh, it's all uh, you've all got your, um, your 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 divine comedy going into hell and all that kind of stuff you know all these underground t- tales yeah all right I will uh, now pause while Juliana gets yeah. to the end of her googling here reading the, the it's just the stuff about uh, Vern like he he. He earned like a, a following of people, right? And then some people were a bit, um, uh, you know, they they didn't like that. And then uh, then it's when he got pushed into a different corner. Yeah. And um, okay, we can't go into that. I know that you wanted to talk about this, but you have to have it in your head rather than on your phone and talk in generalities. Like if we're just going to summarize a Wikipedia page or an article about it, we can't do that. I've already given the rating for this book, and I'm trying to oh, wrap okay, up. Okay, okay, okay. We've, let's... we've just passed an hour, uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, now yeah. you're looking at your phone for stuff you want to say. Boo. That time okay, has let's, passed. Let's do it. But I'm still surprised that you gave it two stars. That's what I wanted what, to say. Why would you? I, why I, would I give I, it I more? Thought, no, less. No, no, I thought no, it would say, be like the, uh, what, the, point, point again, five, one. At each individual moment, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. Like I say, the stuff with Groiben and Axel at the start is actually really fun. But yeah. it felt like he's at the start of the book and he's like, great, let's get interesting characters interacting with each other. We get to know these characters. We get yeah. to know. But actually, the stuff that I wanted this to be. It, it just wasn't there. Like, yeah. again, but then I got the enjoyment of having read it and, you know, doing That's this good. deep dive, or of not course. even a deep dive, just doing it, like experiencing the book nice. in the translation that Audible had there with Tim Curry. Yeah. And he's really, Tim Curry is really good at, he's, he's again, overacting everything and it works out very well. Fits. Okay, that's good. Are you going to read any more Jules Verne books? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I say, of course, there's other books of his, which I'm sure I'll get to. Mm-hmm. But this is the first book that I've read of his in 14 years. Yes. <laughs> since 2009 or whenever, yeah. since I read the previous one. I think but that's yeah. a good kind of But here's gap. the thing. I know that Around the World in 80 Days, mm. I probably read that and it's going to be like super racist and super uh, whatever and stuff. But again, I know that they get around the world. Like I know yeah. I'm not going to because I, I've actually have read that before. You don't get the surprise. Uh, yeah, I, I've read yeah. Around the World in 80 Days before. So I know what's going to happen. Happen and I'm going to be satisfied. Yeah. In my brain, I thought they got to the center of the earth and got to a, a, a zero gravity place and then popped out a, a volcano in yep. South America. Yep. And that was what was in my brain as I yep. was reading this. And that's part of the disappointment of just how boring it was to not even reach the center of the earth. Mm. All right. So what's up next? Next is The Mountain Under the Sea <gasps> oh, by yes. Somebody, Somebody, Somebody. 
Say the name. I don't know. You're reading the book. Yeah, but I'm reading the book. I don't then ha continuously have author and title in my head. Um, it's been uh, nominated. People are saying it's the best octopus book to be written recently. And uh, it's uh, the the mountain. Oh, I, actually, I can just look on the on the podcast because the a new incomparable episode came out. And uh, our book club begins with our walk through the award shortlist reading with two Nebula Award nominees for Best Novel, The Mountain mm -hmm. in the Sea by Ray Naylor and yeah. Spear by Nicola Griffith. Which, right. Uh, and so once I've read the, once you get a little bit further in the book. I'm now about 50% into it. Okay, well, I'm going to start listening to it soon then. Yeah. At The Mountain in the Sea. Um, so yeah, that'll probably be one of the next episodes because you'll finish up that soon and I'll, yeah. and I'll get to it as well. The other book that I'm actually listening to at the moment is, what am I listening to? Oh, I'm listening to a short story collection of Ursula K. Le Guin short stories okay. called The Real and the, uh, the, sorry, The Unreal and the Real. And there's two, there's two collections right. about halfway through the first collection. Nice. And so I'll probably combine both collections into one one of them is set of all her short stories that she wanted collected together her she selected the short stories okay to go in the collection that's fun and there's two sections one which is all stories set on earth yeah and all the rest of them are set either in space or not on earth and i'm on the earth section stuff and there's some fun stuff in there it's not all science fiction yeah some of it is just more like sociological fiction but yeah. there is some science fictiony bits in some of them which is quite good fun cool so uh again i'm just listening to them story by story like it's not like a novel that i'm getting through so yeah. i'm just dipping into it nice. uh, at the moment um but yeah that's that those are upcoming books you can follow us on instagram i'm at luke Boward. juliana is juku berlin yeah you can find us on mastodon as well and you can follow me in goodreads yeah goodreads uh in uh, youtube too go check out <laughs> youtube yeah. um you can see my i see our vlogs from the british juggling convention and some other juggling stuff there too which we've uh, we've had a lot of fun with yeah on our and last trip patreon patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge if you want to support this podcast we really do appreciate all the support that we get again a lot of the Patreon content that is being supported is uh, is juggling content but also I consider the science fiction book review pod podcast to be part of that Patreon because quite a few of you do support us at you know one dollar or two dollars or five dollars or ten dollars a so month it's fantastic yes. remember if you support us at the twenty five dollar a month level for one month it's all it takes you get to pick a book it's, it's a it's a a, a thing called you choose the topic right and that is it you get to choose the topic cool. and in the case of a juggling podcast that means a juggling subject that we're going to talk about on a podcast or vlog yeah. um on the sfbrp you get to recommend a book to us that we will then read mm -hmm. uh, a few rules we don't do hate reading you can't get us to read another book by an author that we've just ranted about in the past and don't enjoy reading <laughs> yeah can't think of any examples off the top of our head so no hate reads but otherwise yeah give us a book or give us a topic that you want us to discuss and you can you can do that by giving us money patreon.com forward slash uh luke burridge that's it from us thanks for that thanks for that thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye